sign who's just a white. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by Alex Amont, Spectrum's web editor. Hey, Alex. Hi, great to be with you here, Alex. Great to be talking with you in the new year here, 2022. And 2021 brought a lot of changes to Spectrum. Uh, One was... um, you becoming our managing kind of interim editor and now Spectrum's web editor. So congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. It's been really great um, getting to work with you um, the last few months. And yeah, I think we have a lot of fun things planned going forward. Yes, we do. Before we think about the future, let's talk about the past a little bit. You put a great article up on Spectrum's website talking about our top articles in the last year. And you did two things. You looked at the algorithm and um, our statistics, I should say, and the what articles were sort of the top ones. And then you also uh, brought up some noteworthy articles as well. As you were looking back over this last year, what stood out to you in general about those articles? Yeah, well, first thing is I just went through and found the top five articles that had been read the most on the website. And and most of those were more sort of news stories, um, which is not surprising because that's the sort of thing where everybody's wanting to know what happened. And um, those stories always get a lot of traffic. And the top stories for that, um, you know, kind of followed topics that you maybe could have predicted. Um, starting with the number five actually was a story about what has been happening with Newbold College and how um, the mission of Newbold has been changed in a term is called shrinking to grow. And so that was a story that looked into what's happened there. And I'm not surprised since Newbold has been such an important college, both in the United Kingdom and for the global Adventist community, that that was a a widely read story. I'm not either because so much of our audience is uh, interested in education in general, Adventist education. um, And this really combined those um, interests as well as uh, the sort of larger issue of higher education and church politics and administrative decisions. So I thought um, that was uh, a no-brainer as far as what would show up in our um, top five there. And I like that you paired it with a really interesting interview that Alita Bird, our interviews editor, did with uh, Kumar Dixit. Yeah, that interview with Kumar Dixit got a lot of attention on Facebook in particular, was read by a lot of people. And in that article... Dixit, who has been an Adventist pastor and chaplain for many years, talks about a new ministry that he calls the concierge minister that he's started trying to reach people who are no longer involved in a specific church. And I think that struck a chord with a lot of people in how he talked about his work with that 
The next one, um, the top uh, fourth article, I think was really interesting because it snuck in. It was published on December 10th and it made the top four for the entire year. But when you look at the author, William Johnson, longtime Adventist editor of the Review and uh, kind of general man of letters, uh, such a thoughtful, longtime caring leader for the church, it's understandable why people would um, uh, gravitate towards this and read it. And the response um, on Facebook was really incredible. It got shared and um, had a whole list of comments on Facebook as well. Yeah, I think we were all excited when William Johnson reached out and had wanted to share some of his thoughts and writings. And yeah, anytime someone who has so much experience, um, so much wisdom to share, it's not surprising that people would read. And I think the one aspect of what he wrote, seven things that he wanted to see from the Adventist church. And one of those he called for people to embrace the tapestry of Adventism, um, particularly to include people of all races, genders, social standings, and sexual orientations, which I think coming from someone with such a strong denominational background, uh, people were interested to hear. Absolutely. Here's someone who spent decades within the Adventist church structure, and here he is very bravely speaking out of course, he's retired now, but still, uh, I'd love to see more retired people um, in the Adventist church openly embracing our LGBTQ members and, and really fearlessly saying that the church will um, not just benefit, uh, let's say flourish, if we uh, really expand our idea of the kingdom of God. You brought in some, um, kind of uh, picked some other articles there. Um, uh, what jumped out for you and why did those stand out? Yeah, the first thing I included was a series by Ronald Lawson called The Adventist Church and its LGBT Members, which appeared in the Spectrum Print Journal originally and then also on the website. And he is, um, I think, definitely the foremost expert in the history of um, the LGBT community in the Adventist Church. And so his really um, in-depth, detailed series is something I think everyone should read to understand um, things they probably didn't know. Yeah, he is a dear friend of Spectrum, longtime Adventist Forum chapter president in New York, and still is very active with the Asheville Adventist Forum. Even though he's moved away, he still uh, keeps that humming along. Um, and folks can join that Adventist uh, Asheville Adventist Forum. They have really um, top tier speakers. Um, and thanks to uh, Zoom, uh, folks can uh, tune in on Sabbath afternoons when that's happening. Uh, the next one had to do with a kind of interesting move. Uh, uh, noted uh, speaker, director of Breath of Life Ministries, and longtime pastor of the Oakwood University Church, Carlton Bird became a conference president. Yeah, I think, you know, Dr. Bird has been recognized as one of the top speakers within Adventism, dynamic speaker, uh, very well known for his work with Breath of Life Ministries. 
And so I think for some people, it was a bit of a surprise to see him going from that sort of role into an administrative role. And um, he's really well known. I'm not surprised that that story had a lot of people reading it. And it's going to be interesting to see where he decides to take his career over the coming years. I know a lot of people would like to see him back into more leading um, in a pastoral role, but he's someone with a lot of talents who um, could probably go wherever he wants to go. Yeah, he spoke for the uh, joint um, Adventist scholars meeting on Friday night, uh, the Adventist Theological Society and the Adventist Society for Religious Studies, both both were brought together for a communion service by the North American Division, and Carlton Bird was our featured speaker for that. So he definitely has a way of transcending some of the usual barriers that we have within our church, unfortunately. Uh, you picked another article there by me, State of the Pacific Union, in which I went to the Pacific Union's quinquennial constituency session and reported on sort of what was going on. I enjoyed my time um, watching and learning over um, uh, the hours, uh, days, um, Friday through Sabbath, kind of seeing how the Adventist Church makes um, important decisions about its leadership and, of course, um, elected the first woman to be the executive secretary for a union. So it was a, a historical moment as well. Yeah, I thought you really captured the feel of the room at those meetings in a really great way. And so it was, yeah, really fun to read your account from there. Well, thanks. Very kind of you to say that. Um, the next one is written by you. Made it into uh, the top two there. Pastor who condoned marital rape resigns. Questions remain. That's a tough topic. These kind of stories sometimes come to us and they require a lot of fact checking. How how was reporting on this for you? Yeah, this was, you know, an intense story in multiple ways. Um, the remarks made by Pastor Burnett Robinson, who was working in New York, um, were shared on social media and then really blew up once um, people started reading them online. And so um, this was, I think, the second story that we wrote about this topic. And the thing I was looking into with this story is one, there were the remarks by Robinson that you know, are really inexcusable. And so the, you know, the backlash was really quick and um, he was quickly forced to resign. Um, but then we also found um, some court records from time he was pastoring in Florida before he was in New York. Um, some allegations that were dropped before um, it was finished going through the court system. But some other issues that raise questions about his conduct from the past and sort of the greater issue of how pastors are hired and if there's problematic things that happen, um, if it's possible for a pastor to simply move to a different conference, a different union, and to have things kind of swept under the rug. And that's a question that's been going on within the Adventist system for a long time. And 
there's no real easy answers to, and is still ongoing, um, how to deal with that better. So I think that's, um, why this story was particularly important beyond, um, just some inappropriate things said by a pastor from the pulpit. Well, I got to observe your, um, incredible research talents. And as an Adventist, I feel a little safer in the church, knowing that an investigative reporter like you is out there really looking into um, the record of some of these problematic persons. And um, I noticed that you um, picked a couple other articles to go along there that you recommend. One, um, to restore humanity lost, the last, the third last word of Jesus by Olive Hemings. And then also Sari Fordham's The Environment and the Sabbath. What stood out to you about those two? Yeah, and this was, you know, these picks I was putting along with these stories weren't in any particular pattern. But after thinking about this difficult story, both of these things from earlier in the year on the website are just great and um, wonderful in different ways. Um, Olive Hemings is an incredible writer and speaker, uh, professor at Washington Adventist University. And in this piece, she writes a poem that is just incredible. And I'm not even going to try to describe it because you need to read the whole thing. Yes. Um, and then Sari Fordham, um, English professor, amazing writer, um, wrote about the environment and the Sabbath. And so that's a topic that I wish we talked about more, how faith and the environment are intertwined. And so I thought both of those were really wonderful sort of, yeah, to change the tone compared to thinking about <laughs> difficult things. Yes. Some of the good things in Adventism are, are dedicated uh, scholars. Um, just a note, Sari Fordham is a great follow on Twitter. I enjoy what she has to say there. She's quite the activist. And she also has a book out, Wait, Wait for God to Notice. And it's a great memoir of, of sort of Adventism, a reflection on what it means to be part of our community. So I'm glad you uh, brought folks' attention to her again. And I'm sure she'll be writing for us. Uh, both of them will be writing for us in the future. Number one, the topic of the year in many ways, especially for people connected to organizations, um, academic institutions, hospitals, vaccine mandates. And we have Richard Hart published in August, and it has definitely made that um, it made news in Adventism, and it certainly um, has continued to um, get called up. I can tell folks have referred to it because. You have the president of Loma Linda University Health, uh, who is a medical doctor and a public health professional, uh, coming out in favor of vaccine mandates. Yeah, um, considering how this year has gone, it's not surprising that something related to the pandemic or vaccines would be the most read story. Um, it, anything having to do with vaccine mandates generates controversy, both from people in favor and opposed. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think this piece from Dr. Hart was especially um, important and especially um, well-read because he 
has so much experience and speaks from a position of authority, but also compassion. And so um, his words about hope, hoping that um, prayer and logic will prevail, I think are something that we all can hope for. Absolutely. It was great working with, I think I saw it come out. I reached out to Loma Linda and they um, were uh, incredibly great to work with. And and Dr. Hart uh, instantly gave us approval to print that um, uh, essay by him. So uh, just, I think, speaks to the reputation of Spectrum. And speaking about uh, Spectrum, you included two articles there, one by Alyssa Williams, the former web editor, and also Bonnie Dwyer, who completed, uh, who retired after 23 years of editing Spectrum and and leading our organization. Um, Two great uh, essays. What stood out to you? Yeah, like you said, this year's seeing transition and unfortunately saying goodbye to talented people. Um, Alyssa Williams left to pursue new opportunities, but this story, um, the new about a women's conference in New Jersey that had all male speakers, I think was a good, um, a good demonstration of Alyssa's wit and, um, her keen eye. And so that was just a really interesting story from earlier in the year. And then, um, the good conversations editorial from Bonnie Dwyer that appeared in one of the spectrum journal issues this year. Um, I think Bonnie is someone who has pursued good conversations for throughout her whole career. And so I think that's a really good representation of who she is and what she's tried to build over her career. I was reading her first editorial in the first issue of the journal that she edited in 1999. And the word conversation and community showed up in that as well. And it really is her legacy. She's really fostered dialogue and brought people together. I think of her as um, the embodiment of the Christian virtue of hospitality, always generous in the way that she uh, treated folks. So don't worry, folks, we'll keep Bonnie close as we uh, steer this ship forward. Speaking about this ship, it's um, the state of spectrum is pretty good. You have some stats uh, that you put up there. Um, what did you see when you look at our um, analytics? Yeah, so when we look over the whole year, we had somewhere around 2 million page views on the website, over 700,000 different visitors. So um, yeah, people from all over the world, about 60% of our audience is in North America this year, but that means almost half were in different parts of the world and that's spread out over every continent all over the place. So it's really exciting. You know, a lot of times we're here working on the website, um, kind of feels like we're alone, just putting things out into the void. Then you look and see it, how many different people are reading and from so many different places. It's really exciting to think about everyone that we're coming in contact with. Yes, it is. So you have written for Spectrum for a while, but um, you're in this new role. You uh, take care of the website for us, but you also do a lot of our major um, news writing. How did you get interested in journalism? Yeah, so I think 
I originally got interested in journalism just from loving to read as, you know, most people who pursue writing, you know, all writing begins with being a reader. And so when I was growing up, I just loved to read, um, especially I love to read nonfiction. Um, and I grew up reading a lot of, um, like outdoor adventure, nonfiction and journalism, something I really loved. Um, and that's probably the thing that really got me. Yeah. Into loving, um, books and, um, shorter things as well. Um, yeah. And then partway through college, I originally started college intending to study science and then partway through decided that writing was what I was most passionate about and what I felt like I was probably best at and that I wanted to pursue writing instead. Well, I really appreciate your style of writing and you're a great editor as well. So um, I think folks who um, are interested in writing for us will appreciate your uh, keen eye um, uh, looking over their articles. Do you have some favorite writers or important books that have been formative for you? Yeah, you know, whenever I'm asked like who my favorite author is, I'd probably say John McPhee, hmm. um, longtime reporter for The New Yorker, has written, I don't know, 30 odd books. Um, but I think the thing I most admire about him is his ability to write about just about any topic and make it really interesting and exciting to read about. Yeah. Um, he's really well known for his book coming into the country about Alaska, but he's also written, he written an entire book about oranges and it's somehow reading him write about oranges is somehow extremely compelling and exciting. And he talks a lot about the importance of structure within nonfiction writing. So that's something that I've spent a lot of time studying and thinking about um, as really the key for being able to turn, you know, some subject you wouldn't think of as interesting into worth reading about. Yeah, he's great. Um, I, I really like the way that his writing um, is lyrical, but so detail-rich, uh, information-rich as well. Um, you obviously have outdoor interests. Um, do you mind just talking about that part of your life? Uh, what sort of mountains have you uh, ascended? <laughs> yeah, well, I've also... You know, kind of at the same time in college while I was starting to study writing, um, I also started working as a mountain guide. I'm doing mountaineering, rock climbing. Um, so I've also worked doing that now for a number of years. Um, and so, yeah, kind of the, the biggest peaks along the Western United States is where I've spent most of my time doing that. Do you have a favorite um, mountain that you like to be on? Uh, that's a tough one. Right now I live closest to Mount Hood and it's a cool mountain, um, little, a little bit shorter than some of the other ones. Um, very accessible, but has some interesting routes and stuff on it. So maybe I have to pick the, the home mountain right now. <laughs> Great. It is a beautiful mountain. Um, just wrapping up here. I know that some folks listening to this, 
have written for us, some would like to write for us. And I'm just wanting you to just talk about when you see an article come in, what's important for you to see and what what are you looking for? Yeah, I think, you know, probably the number one thing is just something that is taking a fresh angle. You know, it's really common for us to have people want to write things that you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but a lot of times rehashing topics that have been talked about a lot. And so having something new to say, I think is really important. Um, but secondly, you know, just if we ever, you know, see something come in that has really high quality writing that always stands out. And so, uh, there's a lot, you know, we love to work with people in the editing process to make things better, but it really stands out when you can tell that someone has put the time and effort in to not just write something, but then to edit and revise before we even see it um, to start making it into something really worth seeing. Yes. I love to see an opening sentence with an active verb. It shows me that they've thought about what they're trying to say and have, and are trying to sort of propel us into their viewpoint rather than just sort of passively uh, lead us in there. Um, so that's always a key uh, signal for me. And pre brevity certainly is the soul of wit. Um, when we see a 3,000 word article on Ellen White and a 1,200 word article on Ellen White, um, oftentimes they probably are close to saying the same thing. One, one just gets there uh, a little more quickly and oftentimes um, with uh, a kind of a viewpoint that uh, works well on the website. Um, but of course, uh, we love our writers and we're always interested in uh, working with folks. So if anyone listening has some ideas of what they'd like to write for us, um, feel free to reach out. We love to develop uh, writers as well. So a paragraph or two idea is always a great way to start. Yeah. And that's, you know, something I'd really encourage if someone has a, a big story that they want to write or something like that, reach out to us, um, pitch us your idea, and we'll see if we can work with you to make that happen. Well, it's been great talking with you, Alex. Thanks so much for being part of the Spectrum team. And we've got a lot of fun things planned in 2022. So um, thanks so much to all of our listeners for your support and for being part of our community. Yeah, great to be on here. It's always a little bit weird to be on the other side of the interview, but it's probably good to rem remember what that feels like as well. <laughs> Well, it's great to be talking with you. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear.